Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 17. Today is going to be our A Court of Silver Flames Part 2 Blade. Um, We are so excited to continue our talk on A Court of Silver Flames. Um, Grace and I just prepared for like a a while talking about what all we wanted to talk about because the last episode you could tell we didn't get to where we wanted to go (laughs) even though we almost did two hours last time it's because I feel like we were we've we have been waiting to do this episode for some time so I feel like last time we just wanted to say so much but this time we will hopefully be a little more organized and get to say the stuff that actually we really wanted to talk about um so here we go yeah um so do we want to just start off where we left off last time yeah so last time we left off on um chapter 22 and cassian just uh repaid a debt Mm. and left and yeah we're gonna move on from there (laughs) (laughs) already getting flustered not gonna go back because i just looked at it and i was like (laughs) moving forward because there's many more scenes to come about that so um in the aftermath of that you know we got some calming down to do but um we're continuing with training and we're continuing with uh, researching about the trope and with that, she asked Gwen to um, help her out with it, to ha- find research on it. And she's kind of opening up to Gwen a little bit more, but not too much, right? <clears throat> now, as Nesta goes to go to train, Asriel is there, right? And Asriel ends up you know, coming around and they're just like, well, why don't I see what it's like with you two fighting, right? And so they go at it. And, you know, these are two Illyrian warriors who have been fighting alongside each other for decades. So they know how to- Hundreds of years. (laughs) Decades, what am I talking about? Kind of up the age rating there. Um, They have been fighting against each other for a long time, for years, decades, centuries whatever and nesta is getting a show and she gives us a little show in her in her monologue now this is a scene that sarah j mouse hinted at in many many lives that a scene was cut flames, and i think we all know which one it is I swear I need the scene between Nesta, Cassian, and Az because Nesta hinted at it. Nesta fully hinted at it. I mean, they he described it in detail, but like not enough. Like the fact that we all know that the boys used to do it in the same room together. And Nesta was like, oh, Az hitting it from the back and Cassian hitting it from, and I'm like, I'm not that much of a fan of Azrael, you know. You, you know, he's not my he's not my cup of tea. But in that scene, I was like, I'm willing to make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. That's like 
I like right when I read that, I was like, that was a threesome we were supposed to get and we didn't get it because Azrael was set up perfectly in the House of Wind. He was staying there. He was their chaperone. And so the fact that 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 had to be that has to be the threesome scene that we were supposed to get. That has to be it. I got to give props to people who already jumped up on that scene and like made it happen in fanfic. I have not been bold enough to read it just yet, but best believe I will be. And when I do, I'm going to be dropping the links. But um, I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen. Because the emotional ties that I, I don't know how I feel about threesomes. Because, you know, me, I'm more of like the emotional connection and I love the tension and I love the love. And, you know, I want some emotional baggage when you're having those scenes. And then you want some emotional baggage when you're banging. I do. I do. That makes the swing a lot harder, you know? (laughs) (laughs) This is an 18 plus episode. And if I'm honest, like, I don't know how I would be able to do splitting myself between two guys. So I don't know how I would feel if Nesta did. But that's the thing is they're there for you. They're there for you. You get serviced. I I wouldn't know how to. I just don't know how I would be able to handle it. They're too. I don't think we could with Cassian and Asriel. I don't think anybody could survive that. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to think. We're, we're, we're talking about this topic way too long. We need to move on. Moving forward. <laughs> forward. So, <clears throat> what was next? I don't remember. We got too caught up on that. Okay. okay. So, moving forward. Um. We have Nesta, you know, working down in the stacks at the library, right? And then we have um, Cassian being dragged down there. Well, not dragged, but he's called, he's summoned down there by Clotho. And he's having this conversation with Clotho that Nesta has been practicing in the stacks. In the stacks is just my way of saying the libraries, okay? Because if you've watched The Prince and Me, you know what that is. Um so in the stacks, she's been practicing and Clotho's just like, no, she can't be doing that here. And I've already so- told her so many times. So Cassian is walking away from Clotho to go do that. And Clotho says, you, um, he says, it's good to see you, Clotho. And he, she says, you as well, Lord Cassian. And he's like, it's just Cassian. And she says, you are a Lord in good deeds it is not a title born, but earned. And I just wanted to pause on this section really quickly because like, as we know, like Cassian's a bastard born, you know, he's had to fight, he's had to struggle for everything that he has. And the fact that Clotho looks at him with such respect and gives him an honorary title of Lord is, I feel like so important to him. And I feel like that scene was just really vital for him to kind of hold it in the back of his head that he's important and he has done very much good, no matter how much bad he's done, because we all know everybody in this world has done terrible things. But here he was able to get some reverence from somebody who thought he genuinely deserved it. And I thought it was a very heartwarming part. Yeah, no, I I think this is important because we see 
we've seen throughout since Akamath, we've seen Cassian being described as bastard-born, as, like, everybody looks down on him because he is, because he's not legitimate based on what they say. And the fact that he is recognized not as his birthright, but out of everything he's done, he's gotten that recognition of being somebody who deserves the privilege. They're not that he doesn't have the the compass that he he it, it's his birthright. It's the fact that he deserves it because he is a good person. He 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 does protect the night court with all of his being, and the fact that he still pushes against that idea breaks my heart. That even if even though a woman like Colotho tells him like you have done good deeds and you deserve this he still thinks himself undeserving and that i think we see we haven't i don't remember even the end of the book him fully accepting that idea of him being deserving of being called lord he only thinks of himself as a lowborn and with that like you know reese loves him and acknowledges him and like you know wants to give Cassian all that he can in a way that is beneficial for everybody in in play, I guess. And Lord, because it's only bestowed on people who, on high fae, and Cassian is not high fae. I really wish that we could see something happen. I mean, but I mean, he's the highest that, highest title that he could possibly be. And Reese gave that to him a long time ago. And even with that, though he like, you know, flounces off on it and he's just like, yeah, I'm the general of his armies and, you know, whatever it is, but still that little weight, that little nick on his chip of his shoulder that he has. But I feel like he'll always carry that chip on his shoulder, but it just won't hurt as much now that he towards the end when he has Nesta and future things happen. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah. So then that leads into him going and we see another teaser that we got before the book was released, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Nesta is again, tra- is there training in the stacks and he's looking at her and she's dropping her elbow. We all have read the spoilers. And he goes it down to help her, right? And in helping her, he looks up, they look up and realize that other priestesses were watching them and that they were in an open, viewable space. And that's when he like looks back at Nesta and he realizes what she did that she basically moved them into a, a space where people could see and see him helping her in a way that was very respectful and very patient, <clears throat> even though he knows that she didn't need this help earlier on the day. And I gotta say, it was like a part of like Nesta's like quick thinking, but also like her trusting and wanting to show the world how good of a teacher Cassian is. And that was. 
yeah i i i think it it was important for both of them that she showed her trust for him but not just to him but to other oh, to other women especially i we've known i've had mic issues today i've already had a false start wait till the end to see the bloopers of the false start but um we see Nesta showing other people that she trusts Cassian. And I think that's also an important thing that you forget, that a lot of people forget in relationships, is not just to show your partner that you trust them, but to show other people that you put trust in them. And especially when it comes to, like, these kind of fantasy novels where you're putting your life on the line. And to for Nesta to give that trust again to Cassian is a very important, like, stepping stone in their relationship. But the fact that she was able to show the priestesses, because she knew if she just kept that sign-up sheet going, can you hear the bells in the background? Barely. I mean... Okay, I'm just gonna keep talking over yeah, it's them. It's a cute little <laughs> background. <laughs> they go on for five minutes at 8.55. They'll go till 9pm, so... um. But I think it's also important that Nesta realizes that until the women see how Cassian treats her when they're training, and to see that they're not in the dangers of what happened to them in the past, and they're not going to be treated how they were in the past, that Cassian is respectful, and Cassian isn't going to try and make a move or do anything to them, that's when they can fully like start to kind of come to the practices and we see Gwen show up next after that first time Gwen is the next one to show because they finally are able to trust Nesta and to see that maybe training isn't what we thought it would be it's not this brutal thing that's gonna beat up their butt I mean it does <laughs> like it but beat up in their bodies yeah. in a good way and it was very important and vital for people to see that um you know, he asks permission before touching them, before coming too close. And this is with Cassian and Nesta having this immense like chemistry and this physical attraction that he still asks to come near her. And this is with him not realizing that people were around, that he did this on his own and just because he was in a teaching mode, you know, when he's in another mode, you know, you know. Yeah, I think it was important to show that she he even he didn't even realize that there are other people around and he still respected her and still was very cautious around her i think that is a very important thing to a stepping stone for not just him but the women and the women of the library and for them even if it's just cassian that they try that they even show a little bit ounce and then later asriel when he shows up but a little bit ounce of trust in them allows for the women to kind of heal a little bit in their own way and to take back them yeah i think it is and it's it's a definitely a part where we're starting to see things are moving forward for both of them and it's not just one of them but it's just like that they're both making progress towards each other and towards understanding each other so it good scene short scene but it had it carried a lot of weight and after that of course we end up having Gwen come to to train and her trying and we get we get to see like that first little spark in her right we don't know her story yet but at that point you're just seeing like this 
something else about her. And then literally that day, Nesta goes to ask Emery and invite her. And we end up meeting her cousin, uh, Bellius, who's a douche. Who's a douche. Men, the Illyrian men are douches. Illyrian men are douches. And I feel like this was like important because like this is the first time we actually saw one being like because you know we got the bat boys and you know and we get devlin but we don't see him actually interacting with one of their females like we see them like trying to snap at pharaoh or nesta but then the boys like jump in and be like no that's not how you're going to talk to them but this was the first time that we got to see an interaction between an illyrian male and an illyrian female and neither of like cassie and azrael reese being there so it was like and it's not even the worst that could happen, right? But in this moment, I hated him so much. And we'll see him later on. He gets what he gets. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's all I'm going to say. Um, so, uh, where am I? Oh, um, then we're moving forward to... Cassian um, has to go and speak to Eris again. And we see that the interactions between Cassian and Eris never, never really end with Cassian feeling the best of himself. Something about Eris really just drags Cassian down. And it, I think it's because like, Eris is a representative of everyone else outside of his court who he interacts with and so he thinks that the way that Eris thinks is the way that everybody else will see him and view him and always shitting on him and put, or like just kicking him down and he feels like shit you know and he can get mad at him he can be frustrated with him but it's always going to stick with him and that ends up leading up to Chapter 26. <laughs> I tried to add some weight, some emotional heavy to lead into 26, but honestly, I'm just I'm just trying to get here. So we're at chapter 26. And uh, Maggie said earlier that this is the new chapter 55. I okay, so it's I'm torn between chapter 37 and chapter 26. But those are the new chapter 55s in my mind. I think Sarah, her description of sexual intercourse, we can really see how dirty her mind is now in these books. Like, <laughs> she's done writing YAs. She has been waiting to write this. She has been waiting to write fey porn. Really has. And like, I'm gonna just drop this in right now because like, I, I'm always looking for a spot to add this. So I'm gonna add this right now. She's always talking about how Josh is not in any way representative in her books. Josh, her husband, right? So I'm saying like, he's not in her books. He's not in her books. First of all, first of all, <clears throat> Reese's birthday, Josh's birthday. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sarah. You can't say that. Yeah. And in an Aquasith live with Steph, she basically said that this had a lot of their relationship in this book and I'm like 
girl i knew it and you know how she talks about how this healing journey for nesta was very similar to her own and her own struggles with mental health and all of that i'm just like i don't know i don't know if she put her husband in this book and i feel like cassian definitely is a little bit more of a josh because he's so funny and he's like kind of sexual too with his little jokes here and there because i've been watching a lot of their have lives you seen him when he leans back he leans back and watches her when she yeah. talks have you seen that like he leans he, like the classic like guy leaning back watching his girl because he knows that she's freaking gorgeous she's like, really pretty she's really pretty she's so pretty and have you but have you seen the comparison photos of like her and josh together and then Farah and reese together it is it is the exact same two people. You cannot tell me she did not picture her and Josh as Reese and Farah. You cannot, you cannot tell me differently. She really did. But then at the same time, I feel like they're a little bit of Cassian and Nesta too. Yeah. But they're softer. A like little every bit. author puts a little bit of themselves in every character. And so like, I don't know, these scenes kind of have me wonder. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Okay, we're moving on. Chapter 26. It becomes- oh, moving on? Moving on? How far away are we moving on from this? We're co- going back to chapter 26. Um, so chapter 26 is, we all know, is the infamous, excuse my language, BJ. Um, Girl, if you're going to say it, say it. <laughs> we, we have to keep it like under wraps for YouTube. So BJ. <laughs> Fine. Fine, YouTube. Um, but I'm trying to find it in my book. So let me kind of like sip it in, into the, into the thing. Right. So they're sitting at breakfast, right. And Nesta comes in and we're, and first of all, dinner, dinner, I'm sorry. That's what I thought. Quickly break into, is it breakfast or is it dinner? I thought it was dinner. Is it dinner? yeah okay yeah. after after her full day it's dinner okay so i knew it was dinner um, cassian is sitting there with a cup of wine and then as soon as nesta walks into the room the wine disappears i gotta say this house with its alcoholic ban is very on top of it and it's so funny to me that it just leaves and that he's like the house is under strict commands of like not having any alcohol with you and so they sit down and start talking and eating. But Nesta automatically notices that he is distant and yeah. not really engaging in the conversation, right? And let me say this before we jump into the spicy parts, that earlier on, <clears throat> I can't remember exactly where it was, but when we were reading, I couldn't tap. When I was reading, I couldn't tap it. But earlier on, when I think it's when Feyre like kind of nudges him and he before he comes up with the idea of having Nessa train at the House of Wind Cassian talks about how physical touch how he always yearned for it and how he needed that little bit of physical touch and I remember snapping Maggie about this and I was just, just like Cassian is me like that's why I'm so drawn to him because he's literally me. And let me let me let me 
mark off the ways, okay? It's only three, but still. What was number one? <laughs> I don't remember. I was waiting for you to say it and you were just like. <laughs> okay. It's three reasons, but I can't remember why. <clears throat> I remember two. So number one, physical touch is his love language. He literally says it. Physical touch is his love language. It's mine. It's mine. I am, I need a hug. And you can tell how touch deprived I am with how often I talk about these spicy scenes. <sighs> Number two, he has allergies, springtime allergies. Me too. Me too. Me too. Cassian is me. Or he was meant to be with me. And that's why I'm gonna just leave it there. So she realizes, Nessa ended up realizing that Eris is the reason for Cassian feeling this certain way, right? And she just wants to do anything to make him stop looking at himself with such self-loathing and such like inner hatred of himself and how like he doesn't amount to anything. And she will literally do anything to get rid of that look in his eyes. To Even. distract him. Mm-hmm. And, and so she she gives him a VJ. And it's obviously <laughs> and the way that she does it, she goes up to him and she he can tell what's going on. And he's just like, whoa, wait. And she's just like, let me do this. And we get the first full description of everything that is Cassian and let's just say it was very well described <laughs> and like <laughs> okay let me get words together think grace come on um as she starts um, feeling it and describes how it feels, it's just um, very interesting how soft it is. And, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, velvet wrap steel or whatever. And how she doesn't say that. But the only time that she does mention how soft it is, is um, just how soft the skin is and how it's softer than silk or velvet. And, you know, a TMI is pretty accurate. <clears throat> so. I'm sorry for our audiences under 18. I mean, I mean, under 16, I guess nowadays it's under like 16. I'm so sorry, but you probably shouldn't be listening to this if you're under 16. <laughs> you're listening to this you're learning a lot more about me than <laughs> we're very sexy let me go in a little more detail than you would know but you know we're keeping it clean for you too as clean as can be but <clears throat> then she asks him how do you like it and she says gentle and he shakes his head and then maybe a little bit more nope and then harder and he just <clears throat> so then she's like I see and the way that she talks to him all this 
is just like, oh, for sure, he's not thinking about Eris at this moment. Not one bit. He's only thinking about her right in, right there. And Maggie, close your mouth while you're reading. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a quote. Maggie, close your mouth while you're reading. Maggie's over here looking at the pages and her mouth is just popped wide open. And I'm like, girl, same. (laughs) That's the talk I once sent you and we both were like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> we need and to move on. Oh, we're spending too much time. I want to move on, though. Can we just stay here and talk about this for another hour? Okay, okay. So halfway through this scene, when he's like really uh, like getting into it, it switches point of views into his eyes, right? And I gotta say, being in a man's perspective while he's feeling it man i'm talking about it was so good and And that's why i think the third person pov for this was really good i think that it was better to have it in this that's why i think i like these scenes better than i like it in echo math and echo war Mm -hmm. i think that's why i like a court of silver flames better from all the three previous um all four books before is because i like the pov better she does better at this kind of POV. Yeah, she does. Because it's just, you feel it more. And I got to tell you, one more time, shout out to the audiobook for the narrator. Did an amazing job during these spicy scenes. I'm talking about, I felt like I was watching a video. <clears throat> so after he goes pretty hard, and I'm talking about like, this is a, this is very different from recent Feyre, right? After she finishes, I mean, he finishes, um, he immediately says that how he wants to be inside her and he wants to finish there, but she does not like let him. So then he finally does. And then she gets up and um, drinks a lot swallows it all down for those of you who don't you know aren't that that's not your cup of tea but still and so right after that and she like she knows what she's doing too she's looking at him as she's doing this and he's just like take off your pants right now and as soon as they start unbuttoning everything then we hear some jerk down the hall shuffling his feet and mood is killed mood is killed because somebody decides that they want to take their chaperoning (laughs) responsibilities seriously but wasn't doing that 10 minutes ago Asriel is not a good chaperone we discussed this the 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 i Asriel is the most sex positive out of all of these guys you know what it is not a good chaperone I think Azrael ships Nessian. Of I course. Nessian way back. You know, I you know, and we'll get to that to Azrael a little bit later as we talk about him. But you know, he comes in and he knows what just happened. Like, you know, they're fey, they smell it, they whatever, you know. They can hear it. They can hear it. And uh Cassian is just pissed. And Nessa just, you know, leaves. 
and Cassian gets mad at him and, and then he's like I don't know what you're talking about asshole <laughs> he's I'll, like, I'll read it don't show all your don't show your hand all at once Cass and he goes save something for later like damn save something for later and then the funniest the funniest line i marked this as my favorite out of this whole interaction is you let her suck your in the middle of the dining room at a table i'm currently using to eat my dinner i'd say that entitles me to an opinion <laughs> i just the fact that it's not he's not even like he ships it full-heartedly shifts it but oh, yeah. he is a conniving little guy and likes to stop them before they can he's creating the tension between them asriel is the one creating the tension between nessa nessa and cassian the one adding like the baking soda to your, your science fair project so that when it erupts it's like full foaming he's definitely adding the tension making the blood boil <sighs> and she didn't know how to look at him the next day or anybody else but moving forward oh wait wait wait! before we move forward oh dear <clears throat> we didn't do it for the threesome th- threesome scene either well it uh, wasn't it wasn't a threesome thing though yeah, yeah, yeah okay but would have been off the charts it would have been um out of 10 fireballs i'd say this is like a seven flames out of 10 because I think it adds not just the description, but the emotional level behind it. Maybe an eight. I'll give it an eight out of ten. I'm gonna say like a good solid nine. You're gonna say a solid nine? But these are based on our own, like our own things. So you could rate it lower. Um, it just depends on how much you've actually read. I'm just gonna say it's like an eight for me, a nine for me, because like it's more realistic. I feel like. It definitely brought up some memories. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm gonna say. And it was very accurately described to where I felt like I was reading like um autobiography part there. <laughs> so definitely a nine. I could do like an eight point seven. And but no, no, no. I'm gonna keep it at like a nine because like the the communication. Oh. And- that's important communicating with your partner like I think a lot of like people are scared to communicate with your partner but if you just ask and they tell you what like if a guy asked I'd be happy to tell you what I like and the fact that she asked but also like she knew what she was doing behind it like she knew what he wanted but she wasn't giving it to him right away and I was just like because it, it shows like a good thing of like if your parent partner says a little to the left and you go to the right knows you're not listening but even though you know that's your partner's favorite spot and you let them tell you it's all about control mm-hmm. it's about like giving yourself over to something like we're being very sexually positive in this conversation right now mm-hmm. But I think that's that, that's vital, and that's that's what makes. These but things. a lot of not a lot of people learn that. Um, not a lot of people learn that. You know what? We'll do a whole podcast episode about sexual experiences. Oh, How about no, I don't want my mother to ever see that. Well, as long as you don't tell her that you're doing a podcast, you're that's fine. true. She doesn't. She still doesn't know. 
I and wonder if, if Carly still listens to this. Carly always tells other people that I'm on a podcast, and I slightly get irritated because oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to keep it a secret and just for my internet friends. Oh, yeah. But then if she like listening knows me in real life. Don't ever talk to me about it. If you know me in real life, don't ever talk to me about the podcast. Do not ever talk to me about it. Do not quote me from this podcast ever. Please do not. Moving forward. <laughs> Moving forward. Now that we have given it a spicy rating. Um, so um, we have a moment. Cassian ends up seeing that, um, no, Nesta ends up seeing that Cassian is going up to win Haven. Haven after a, uh, a training session and through this Nesta takes the opportunity to give him some stuff that she wants to give to Emery mm-hmm. and she gives it to him and they, they look at each other and we see heated gazes of course we do but when Cassian goes to give her give Emery the tea and everything he kind of like she kind of sees that Nesta cares about her and is interested in her and he kind of leaves the door open too he like enforces what Nesta was saying like you're always welcome to come and that it was okay if she came and it was also okay if she didn't but that she would be a great asset if she did come and I feel like that's important to people who like are always like teetering on the edge and so Nesta reaching out and doing this and she did this because she genuinely wanted Emery to have these things but also because she really wanted her to be a part of them she wanted her to feel comfortable coming and to kind of like apologize for like how they talked to each other before right and then we have like a little orange tab there about Cassian just seeing, like, look, Cassian is obsessed with Nesta, right? He thinks that she's the most beautiful thing ever. He lusts after her, her body's amazing, her sex, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But also like her, the things that she does literally makes him melt. Like the fact that he, when she gave him the the Tetons and all the spices and stuff, he literally wanted to just like kiss her so hard because her showing that she cared about people and her opening up her heart and showing people that she actually cares is what he is most happy about and that she's comfortable enough to start doing that. I thought that was chef's kiss right there. And then we have Emery show up. Yeah, so we have, that was, um, that was page, what is it? Um, we see that Emery Emery shows up um, finally, but we later see now that Nesta is starting in un, under the library. We have Meryl, who is the one who is like in charge of Gwen, is like Gwen's boss. And we finally see after Nesta did something selfless and put the right book back for Gwen. Um, Meryl gets mad at Nesta for doing that. And Nesta kind of finally stands up for herself and is like, and stands up for Gwen. She's standing up, not just for herself, but for Gwen. And like, we see she's starting to become selfless. I keep hitting my damn microphone. Um, Selfless. And I think that's a very important part. Are we recording? 
Yeah. Oh my god, I could not see the recording sign for a second. Sorry. So sorry. Um you just thought like, man, we have all this great discussion <laughs> and it's not even being saved. I was this- that's one of my fears that is we're gonna have a two hour long podcast and we're not gonna it's gonna go away. It's okay, it's okay. But yes, back to Nesta. Like, yeah, this is where we start kind of seeing her opening up to the other two. And that's why their like friendship is like so much more because it's genuine and it's from Nesta's like bottom of her heart that she actually wants to find people and, you know, wants to help them in the way that she's also being helped, right? And through Emery coming to train, we see Gwen and Emery and Nesta finally kind of their first time together, right? And we see them talking and Gwen finally, you know, takes it up to start befriending Emery. It's just like, do you like to read? Like, girl opened up a whole side of their friendship, right? And they all start talking and then like, what kind of books, right? And then Emery, of course, throws in romances, which Nesta latches onto and they start talking about smutty books. And Gwen's over here like, wait um, what's that what's what's smut yeah oh gosh I I need I related to that so much though it was such a a a good scene it was a book readers were like it's a it it, she really is appealing to book readers literally because that's literally any kind of friendship that you have made this past year it, it literally has gone by this conversation. I've said literally like 10 times because it really is it. Every friendship that we have made has been because you bond over books like this. Like you're, it's an instant bond, right? Yeah. And I think um, Gwen asks about the smutty books and then like, you know, is kind of a little bit curious about it. She takes Nesta by surprise because Nesta's just like, like, oh, that's, not me especially because of like her trauma but Gwen accepts and she wants to she's becoming more interested and we see her starting to branch out and I think kind of we we kind of talked about this I think we talked about this in um in our book club meeting when we talk about like essay survivors and how people don't allow essay essay survivors to be intrigued or to heal through sex. And I think that's a very important part that I think Sarah is trying to convey in this story is that you are not defined by being a victim. Being a victim is not your only thing that defines who you are. So, and I think when people talk about like, oh, like, actually I'm gonna wait till the part three when we talk about, you know, who's POV. Okay, okay, okay. We'll wait there. We'll wait there then. We'll wait. But, but it, it's just a pet peeve of mine that I yeah. saw. A Jules, shout out to Jules from our book club. She's the one who shared the post with you. And I was, I got, that's where I based my ideas off of. But yes. We'll kind of talk about it in that POV. Um, so then we have Emery, um, because Emery's there, Reese is there also. And Reese is standing with Cassian. And we see the tension between Nesta and Reese. They really don't like each other and they really just not in for it. And Cassian senses this, comes over and just like slugs his arm over Nesta and like drags her close. And this one line that I tabbed 
was uh, Reese's gaze slid between them, little warmth to be found in his eyes, but plenty of weariness. Little princeling didn't like her friend, her with his friend. And so she leans farther into Cassian and he just kind of brushes into her mind, like a request with his Mm -hmm. body powers. And he threatens her. He says, you are to treat Gwen with kindness and respect. And from that, she, she got so pissed off. And she's just like, mind your own business. It has nothing to do with you. And in that little, that that's going on in their minds. And Cassian was able to tell. And we have different opinions on Reese. Do you want to go first? No, we kind of have the same opinions, I feel like. But I just nitpick him more. I don't love Reese, but I'm not a Reese hater. Like, of course, I loved Reese when we first met him. But then I'm starting to see his tendencies where I don't particularly like that mm-hmm. stuff. And I had a problem with this certain interaction because Reese automatically writes off Nesta. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't put in the factor that maybe she has changed. He automatically writes off Nesta as somebody who's going to hurt Gwen and somebody who is that malicious to do something to Gwen and Emery. And I felt for Nesta in this where you're like taken aback. Like, yeah, I might be bitchy, but that doesn't mean that I'm just automatically going to hate somebody or to harm them. And the fact that he just immediately assumes that and threatens her when he hasn't seen any, like he has no, like, yes, he has the background of what has happened before, but she's at the house to change. And he hasn't, he hasn't been there long enough to see this change. And we've, we saw, we see Cassian go off on him for this. And Cassian even says like, you automatically write her off and you have no reason to automatically write her off because you're not here seeing her progress. Mm -hmm. And I think that was an important moment for Cassian's character to check Reese and to be like yes you're my friend but you can't do that like yes you are the high lord of the night court but you can't do that especially to Nesta your sister your mate's sister-in-law and we all know what girl sister-in-law sister sis your your mate sister <laughs> why did I say sister-in-law I don't know what you were talking about but yeah Oh gosh. And okay, so me wrong. It it just like and I'm really proud of like Nesta for like, you know, like not giving a, a fuck about like Reese in that moment because it's just like no, like because I've been in that situation. Like a lot of people, I, you guys might think I'm this beautiful person that's always smiling and happy and always being very kind to you. But in real life, sometimes a lot of people they rub me off in the wrong way and I just cannot get past that after a certain point, um, I become very protective of my friends and people around me. And so when people do my friends wrong, in the sense, I'm a little bit like Reese in this, but I do it with Nesta's spunk. Yeah. I guess I do it with Nesta's motives to where, and I feel like that's why they kind of butt heads a lot is that they both show love and very protective of certain people. And that attitude that stubbornness rubs each other the wrong way very very wrong 
And it, it's something that Reese cannot see that other people can also be like that. And she cannot see him as anything else besides this also perfect person. She hates people who are too perfect. And jumping down to where like Cassian ends up like, well, Reese ends up seeing like Emery and Nesta and Gwen talking and laughing. And then he like, it, like sees it. He's just like, well, that's interesting. And then he's just like, you could have done without giving her a warning. And then he doesn't even apologize. doesn't even try to deny it. He's just like, I, I, I saw that she tensed up. I felt it. And then he's just like, she's been nice. She's been doing great. You don't know anything about what's been going on. And he's pissed off. He's like, I'm pissed off because you can't believe that this could be different, that this could be better. And he's not making it any easier and all of these things. He goes off on him and I'm so oh my gosh that just made me think he was so much hotter because Cassian and I mean Reese ends up saying I'm sorry I I fucked up and he owns up to the fact that he fucked up because then literally in that scene he sees that it's not it's not the same as how he was how she was at the house it's not the same relationship treats her sisters it's the different relationship than her sisters and i think this kind of goes to the point where how i was talking about how nesta needed somebody who nesta needed a fresh start she needed people who didn't know her background who she could she could grow with and heal with and then like then tell her background story and stuff to them and i think that's an important part that reese just looked like and yes he did admit it but he has this tendency to quickly think the worst of nesta Mm -hmm. and you know with cassian ends up standing up to him he ends up seeing like yeah and then he ends up seeing a little bit of it early on so he starts kind of backing off a bit um tentatively backing off um and so I do appreciate that Reese like saw that he fucked up and he did apologize. He was just like, I'm sorry, didn't apologize to Nesta, but he did apologize, you know, to Cassian. Uh, he should have apologized to Nesta because Nesta was the one who had to deal with that, not Cassian. Yeah, for sure. He should have definitely apologized to her. It would have been better had he done it. Um, we love the Reese slander. <laughs> we do, but and not too much because I do, I do like him. I appreciate him a lot, um, but oh, I totally know. skipped that point. I went right to Meryl because Meryl happens after that scene. Oops. Okay. We just skipped that. <laughs> so but, like, I do want to talk about how, like, because uh, we've been talking about how Azrael's a chapter, but I mean chaperone. And at the end of that scene, when Reese is leaving, I just want to read this little little bit. He says, "I don't know what the fuck you two have been doing in this house, but it reeks of sex." Cassian snorted. A polite male never tells. And Reese's laughter rumbles in his mind. I don't think you know what the word polite means. Thank gods for that. Oh gosh. And his brother laughed again. I told as playing chaperone would be useless. Oh, as totally was gonna chaperone just to get them together. That's the whole point. He's the chaperone. He wants Nesta and Cassian together. He's just like, all right, there, this is how the meeting went. Okay, we're going to have Nesta and Cassian up at the House of Wind, right? For all of, you know, all the shit that Nesta's been going through. And Cassian, he seems to, you know, okay with her. Let him go up there with her. 
as we all, but how do we know, are we gonna, how do we know that they're gonna be doing good? As we're sitting in the court, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll go, I'll go. I, I, I'll i make sure, I'll make sure that they won't check. I'll make sure that she's doing better. Don't, I'll make sure that he is, is making sure that she does better. Reese, can I go? Can I go? Reese, please, Pharaoh, tell him, can I go? That's literally how the meeting went. That's literally how it went. And as, and Reese was just like, okay, fine. Yeah, you can that go. That deserved an Oscar. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you. Oscar worthy performance. I've been learning from that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so after that scene, we have the Meryl, which I totally just skipped over Cass. And then we see in chapter 29, which is the- um, You skipped over a little bit. Oh, which one? um 312 oh go ahead um so uh nesta uh, the inner circle is at the house um and they're all talking about how nesta needs to start looking for the trove and how helion um might help out but he's the last resort and how nesta is the last person who can do this she has a week to do it and Amarin ends up speaking up a little bit more to that. And Cassian ends up defending her again in front of everybody. And Amarin tries to pull rank and just like, you know, we're on the cusp of another war. She needs to stop, you know, shitting around and needs to do what's necessary. And he is just like, no, I don't like that she has to do this. Like you saw what happened last time she tried to scry. It's not good. And he's just like, you You just have to shut up and do what you're told. And Reese has to check, like, check Amarin again. And I just want to say, if you guys have been a part of this fandom, you guys know that there were a bunch of memes going on. There's always memes, right? But there was one meme in particular where we're seeing Amarin and Varian. And Varian, Amarin is, you know, being her snarky, bitchy self. And... Varian says like you have to be nice Amran you cannot say that anymore and he has to kind of like constantly be holding her back like that's how I picture their relationship she's like that little tiny three-foot girl that's always trying to fight everybody twice her size and Varian has to hold her back from her backpack and tell her to calm down and sit down right that was like the cusp of, of the meme and the fact that it's actually in this book that is actually canon, that the a Prince of Adriata gave her an, an exasperated look, very frowned at her. And he says, haven't we talked about this, about being nice? And Amarin rolls her eyes and then just starts speaking politely. I love the fact that that most likely Sarah Jamas has been looking at all of the memes going on online. And she's like, you know what? This one's actually good. I'm going to add it into the book. Because it was like one of the funniest ones that I ever had ever seen of Varian and um, Amran. And I just loved it. Okay, continue with Meryl. Um, so we see that um, we see uh, the whole thing with um, Meryl goes down and then we see chapter 29 happens. And that is the nightmare scene. And we've seen the nightmare scene in Akamath. And so now we have a nightmare scene in Akasif. And I think this nightmare scene was a lot more interesting because 
we see Reese come because Nesta is having because as, after scrying, the cauldron comes for her um, in her sleep, and she it, I guess it's not really a nightmare scene, but it kind of is because she's kind of asleep during it, but not it's a nightmare, but she's getting like attacked. Act she's at like it's actually happening, but like her power is basically being unleashed on the entire room yeah and the first time that you actually see like her flames like everywhere and some like he was she, she's dreaming but in her dream the cauldron is searching for her looking for her and then we switch to cassian's point of view and he just jolts awake but something something told him to get up and go and he runs and the house is basically urging him on going. And Ka- Asriel goes with him. And before she, he can even go in, Asriel pulls him back and she's just like, Cassian, no. And he, he does not care. He just bursts in and they see her f- spilling out of flames. You know how I actually pictured the scene? Have you seen the movie Hellboy? Mm-hmm. Okay. With, um, shit, what's her name? Sorry, one of my roommates is playing the office in the bathroom, so I'm just gonna be on mute for a while. What's her name? Um, she's um fuck, 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 fuck. I can't remember her name. But if you have seen Hellboy, the 20, 2004 movie has um there's a scene where a girl who actually holds like blue fire Liz where Liz is having a nightmare at home because one of the demons like comes and like awakens her and she basically sets the whole room on fire and she's writhing in bed. That's literally how I pictured this scene. But instead of like blue and red flames, I pictured like her silver flames, her high fae flames. And she's screaming and throughout this nightmare. And then all of a sudden Reese comes in and he unleashes his power and he's trying to hold her back and he's trying to calm her down. He's trying to call out for her, but she does not hear him. And he's trying to wake her up. They're trying to wake her up and Cassian is trying to go to her, but Azrael won't let him. And he's calling out to her, calling out to her so loud. And then finally it's like, she hears him, hears Cassian and it flickers and she finally is able to calm down and enough where like the flames aren't everywhere. And Reese goes into her mind and is trying to soothe her, but he can't. And it's such a battle between him that he's straining himself. And then he finally ends up getting her to calm down and she ends up sleeping normally. And Reese just collapsed and they rush to him asking him what happened. And they, he just, is in shock and he's so fearful of what he saw in Nessa's mind and they're just like what is it what what's her power what is it and then he's just like only the surface is like silver flames and he can't even believe it himself and he went into her nightmare and they find he finds out like you guys tried scrying today and they're like yeah but it didn't work and then Reese ends up letting it known that death is her real power that it was pure death. And what he saw in her dream was worse than anything he or Feyre ever dreamt about. It was so much worse. And 
we love like the nightmare trope of like you know the main character having a nightmare but then the other the main love interest comes and soothes them and comforts them and this scene it was very different from that because you know we don't just have Cassian coming after her but we have Reese coming after her Azrael coming down to her and they're all coming for her and Reese is the one who ends up like overcoming her powers to to try and calm her but Cassian was still the one to call out to her right and in that moment I feel like Reese his view of Nesta changed a lot because he was able to see what was actually going on in her mind he saw the amount of pain that he was she was going through and I think he kind of related to that pain a little bit because he himself had nightmares Mm -hmm. and we see this parallel where Feyre was the one to get Reese out of his nightmares and Cassian is the one to get Nesta out of hers and that's not to say like you know he did a completely 180 and was like all of a sudden yeah being nice. no he was still being very cautious and very yeah very cautious and very like weary of her because of what he saw in there but he also understood her attitude and her demeanor and how she holds herself because of what she carries with her yeah. But he also said that because of what she carries with her, that it's also another reason to be wary of her. So it was kind of like a double-edged sword there. And so- But the next morning. The next morning. The next morning when Nesta wakes up and who is there? Cassian, my baby boy. Baby boy, that is a full grown man, ma'am. Yeah be my baby boy when he's being very nice and sweet and soft but when he wants it hard and rough then we can then he could be daddy then he could be puppy okay Reese I didn't know I needed this today <laughs> we're talking about this book and it's my husband do you want me to just wait till we get to Azriel's book Oh, when we get to Azriel's book, you will definitely be on another level. Okay, so this is my time to shine. This is I, my time to show the how freaking I can get. I will let you shine, ma'am. I will let you shine. <laughs> so um, she's waking up and uh, notices that he's there with her. And she's just looking at him and her heart melts at the sight of him being there. And they wake up and they have like a little um, conversation. And I just got to say, like, he asks her, like, do you want to talk about it? And she's like, no. And he's just like, no. Okay, that's fine. And that was (laughs) You want breakfast? I got to say, like, I absolutely love this. Like, sometimes you really don't want to talk about it. Sometimes you just need somebody there. And to know that that person's going to be there. That's it. You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to vent about it. And some people need to understand this. Partners need to understand that not always I'm going to want to talk about it, but I just want you to be here to hold me, to be next to me and to understand that it's not all, all okay. And uh, the fact that he was able to acknowledge that and move past it just shows how well he's starting to understand her and what her needs are. Yeah. And vice versa right um Um, okay so we see that like she they immediately they just don't talk about it and that's how she wants it she doesn't want to talk about it for for now she doesn't want to talk about it and then we see now they're literally on the same page um i wanted just to point out um that nesta talks to the girls about it 
um, she goes to the girls, not Cassian, to talk about it. And I think this is a pivotal point in their relationship is them talking about the past. And she tells, she it, it's, it goes, Nesta's body locked up, but she launched back into motion, refusing to let the memories master her. I dreamed of the cauldron, what it did to me. Gwen said, playing with her hair, I dream of my past too. But Gwen's admission, Nesta's own, didn't weigh them down. Nesta's head had cleared slightly, and somehow she found she could push herself harder. Perhaps in voicing those truth, truths, they'd given them wings and sent them soaring into the open sky above. Yeah, because it's not always about sharing it with your partner. Sometimes you need somebody else to talk to. And yeah. those people are your people. Yeah. And I think, I think it keeps, it keeps reinforcing that idea that she needed people who haven't seen her past, who haven't seen what she's done in the past. She needed that fresh start yeah. and the, it's through Gwen and Emery. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to kind of skip ahead to, I wanted to talk about the honorable mention on page 337. Um, there's a quote on 337 it's um right his eyes darkened she rose and he went holy still and she rounded the table the quote right above that and <laughs> have you have you found the quote <laughs> um you're talking about halfway up the page no, it's like down near the bottom on 337. It said, I loved it when you. Okay. <laughs> first, first off, first off, um, they're talking, right? And it's fine. You know, they're having this conversation. And then like, all of a sudden he leans back in the chair and then he just like looks at her. He has a split lip and a black. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Because he because got enough. They fought recent as fought because like recent Cassian just needed to like let out because of like the whole we'll we'll talk about that when it comes up again, um, and then he asked her why haven't you sought me out, and she says well why haven't you sought me, and he's like I'm taking my cues from you you seem to have no interest in me after you know. And he looks down at the table. And he's like, did I hurt you? And then he says, I didn't hurt you, did I? Honey, no, you didn't. She was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? And she says, I loved it when you fucked my mouth, Cassie. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't realize you were going to say it out loud, but okay. Because I would say that too. I would say it too. And I would say, do you want me to, do you want to fuck me again? But then later, like he like wants to, and oh. he's like, yes, he said, on this table, on this chair, on every surface in this house. It's literally the next page. And then she's like, her lips curved. It's, it's a while down after like, there's some tension between the two. And she said, <laughs> When you're healed and looking pretty again, she said, pulling away. Then I'll let you fuck me wherever you please in this house. Deal. 
And like, let's just say like, she kind of threw in a little bit about the house humor. She's just like, I don't think the house would appreciate such filthy behavior, even if it's a romance reader as well. And he's like, what? <laughs> she like stupefies him for a second. Oh gosh. That was one of my favorite banter, intense, heated gaze moments. Cause I'm just like, yes. It's to come, it's coming. Yeah. And we see them in this next scene go to the house um, and she has to scry in order to find um, the mask. Um, They're looking for um, the mask of the dead trove. And we see that she's very hesitant because the last time she did it, um, Elaine got taken and she was attacked in her sleep and with that like they're both weary but then they also are understanding that she's doing this and how much it kind of takes from her um so they all feel it like they like appreciates it so much that she's doing this and reese is weary but he's still like okay mm-hmm. here we go and then she starts crying and it takes hold of her and we see her become this thing that her eyes are flamed and like she's not feeling she's not there and we're seeing this through Cassian's eyes and I I gotta say like I'm kind of sad that we always see these power flare-ups from someone else's eyes but I think it's to show like, you know, it's what's to show that she loses herself, that she's not there completely. So she can't have a perspective on it. She like, that's why it's just like right in those moments, you don't, she doesn't really know what's going on, but she can feel Cassian. And that's how, like, they're trying to call her back. They're trying to bring her in, but they can't. Like Amran is like all trying to like call her out. And like Reese is, in her mind, Feyre's in her mind and nothing. And she just won't. But and the then- room plummets to ice. It's so cold. Reese stands in front of Feyre in case something happens. Like everybody's bracing for something to happen. And lo and behold, Cassian. Really quickly though, she doesn't want a want it seeing her or us she locked it out but also locked herself in so the cauldron was creeping back and to protect everybody and herself she blocked her mind in because her mind was basically a passage for the you know for the cauldron and then uh, Cassian ends up coming close to her and holding on to her and calling out to her breathing up against her neck and he ends up she ends up looking at him And he says, death watched him. Death had walked beside him every day of his life. So Cassian stroked his thumb along her palm and said, hello, Ness. And she blinks and his siphons are full of power around her. And then he basically guides her to it to let go of the bones. And then he ends up using like sex to kind of distract her and to bring her back. There's something on your microphone because you can hear scratching. I don't know um that like he basically uses sex to call her back and like he's just like let go of the bones then you and I can play and then he kisses her and in front of everybody in front of everybody he 
had it not been a life dangering situation, I would have found that equally as hot because damn, you're going to kiss me in front of everybody. I appreciate that. Like, yes, but it was very, it was a very weird moment for me. Cause it was just like, that's the only way that he was able to call her back. And then he talks about her lips being so cold and everybody's just like looking at them and just kind of like, you know, and he's using his powers to basically arouse her and to call her back to him. And he's letting his scent wrap around her. And it warms up the room too. Like the cold goes away. Yeah, like she finally like kisses him back fully and then finally lets go. And when she finally does, like everybody's just like, what the fuck? And Reese says, what the hell did you do to pull her out of that? And Kesson's like, the only thing I could think of. He's like, you warmed the entire room. I didn't mean to. <laughs> life, life and death situation right here, but just so funny to me. It was just such a funny moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they finally decide where the trove is and they end up deciding to go after it, right? And so we're going to try to sk- skip through this a little bit faster because we got lots, loads to it's do. More to talk about, yeah. We really go really slow. We do need to speed it up. Okay, so we're moving forward and like they end up deciding that they're going to go and fly. So um, they're going out to fly and they're flying over the mist of the middle or whatever, the middle, and they can't really see anything. And there are all these horrible creatures. And throughout this journey, Cassian's telling her about all these creatures that are down there and they're just trying to figure out why the bog would be even down there in the first place, right? And then they're looking and feeling for things and they don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, Cassian looks behind him and Azrael's not there. So for me, when this happened, I was like, fuck. I was like, when I was like, they took him. I was like, somebody took him. Azrael's taken. And I was like, fuck, where is he? <laughs> and I was like, I swear to God. I was like, I was like, if, if Azrael dies, I swear to God. Because everybody was saying one of the bat boys is gonna die in this in this book. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I swear to God, if Azrael dies and I do not get an Azrael book, I am going to boycott the rest of the book. I was like, I was on the edge. I was like, if Azrael dies, I will not read this. I will not continue to read the book if Azrael dies. That was my. (laughs) But obviously, he doesn't. I feel bad too, because I, uh, you know, I, I, I was starting to feel more for Azrael throughout this book. This is when I actually started to like Azrael, this book, um, before I really didn't care too much about it. But here I was very like, oh gosh, she's gone. No, you know, it's the three of them. You can't separate the three of them, right? And Cassian's flipping out and so scared, and then he just doesn't know what's going on, and then. Cassian is flying away and she's just like dude what the fuck are you doing like no go back put me down go back and then he's just like don't you I know what each second of flying away costs me but then she's just like put me in the fucking tree like I you need to go back and get him and the fact that she was just like go and save him that he was important it was just like another point 
Nesta, another point. And she just told him, go, like, don't look back. Don't just go. Ends up leaving her. He ends up taking off and he ends up, they end up fighting the autumn court soldiers, right? Who are being controlled by Brilliant, the human, the now turned Faye old crone queen who is, has the crown and can control people. Um, We totally skipped over that, but that's all that happened, but. At this point, it's not about plot. No, it actually is. It has a really good plot, but we're just like, we're. It's a very character heavy. It is. And so um, he's killing and killing. And then we flip back to Nesta. And she's so scared that Asriel had been struck with ash arrows. And she saw this and, and she's just like, what if, what if they need help? What if they, I need to go do something. So then she ends up climbing down. She has flashbacks to not helping before. Yeah. She has flashbacks and she's, she's now finally able to help and she will not stand by. And I think that's important too, is she's finally put, we see her continuing to put herself out there in order to help her friends. She ends up going down into the water, but then a voice keeps calling out to her. Ooh. We're not going to listen to that. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and then she ends up getting sucked into the water by a Kelpie. And then we have this whole chapter of her being dragged under the water. And it gives her flashbacks of the cauldron. And she ends up being scared and, and almost not fighting. And then she finally decides, no. I have power. I can fight. And she ends up trying to call out for her power, trying to call out for something. And then finally something does come. And this is just like, this Kelpie is just like, I'm going to make you my bride. We're going to go. He's trying to essay her. Really? And it was just. Because he was kissing her and stuff. Ugh, nasty. Like that's how she was breathing is he was giving her breath. And okay, so during this scene, before the mask shows up, um, during this scene, I was just like, why is, like, I don't know. I was like, benefit of the doubt here, benefit of the doubt. I was just like, is this Kelpie actually pulling her down so that way he can lead her to the trove? That maybe the creatures in the middle would somehow be reverent to her because she's other. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like maybe her kernel of power was something that they would um, bow down to. Yeah, like want to help. I don't know. I just had like a like a thought about that. So I was like, is he bad? Is he trying to help her? Maybe he's giving her air because he knows that she can't breathe under there and they need to go down deeper to get the mask. That's what I was thinking. But then also when I started seeing the flashes of him making her like dressing her up as his bride and then like her i was just like okay this is not going where i thought it was gonna go reverse and then the mask ends up coming and she ends up putting it on and then we see her end up using all of the soldiers and the bodies under the water he puts the mask on underwater she puts it it comes to her like calls to like and she puts it on and the kelpie is like shit like and she uses the dead bay in the in in the water to kill him and we see we we then switch to cassian's point of view where cassian and asriel looking for her they're looking for her now they're back they're looking for her and he's losing his shit 
he's yeah. just like where is she I calling smell her urine because she urinated herself because she was so scared of the kelpie she was he's terrified he doesn't know where she's at and he knows she's in the water because he looks at it and he's about to go in and Azrael stops him because they see a light coming out of the water and she like this scene gives me chills every time i think about it every single time i think about it is her coming out of the water holding the kelpie's severed head and what's up with her and severed heads i don't know she's just a bad bitch she's a bad bitch bad bitches hold skulls in the whole decapitated heads of her enemies that's what she does. And Asriel sees her and he's just like, mother, save us. And they see her and they see her wearing the mask and all of the dead. Fail. And the dead all rise up with her out of the water. And Cassian kneels. And I'm getting chills out, right now. They're calling out to her and they both kneel at death herself. And it says they were both Illyrians, whether as liked it or not. And so they did what their people had always done before death's beautiful face they bowed and chest deep in water they went down and they bowed and the dead all collapse and then she peels off the mask and then her silver eyes are gone and then she finally like blinks back and it looks like her and then all he could do was just put his arms around her as she like drifted off like she passes out I I got chills when you were I don't know if anybody knows but I was like oh my god I got chills it is literally a chilling scene and for you to be able to write that chilling scene like I'm sorry like a lot of like Sarah J Moss's writing early on is really cringy but you can tell to be able to make somebody have chills from that scene and the visual you get from that scene her writing definitely has been refined there has been so much fan art depicting this scene and it literally almost always looks exactly the same because she's been so descriptive that it has become like a visual stamped image, this scene. And it's so key to the point when she took it off. So then we flash forward and they're at the Court of Nightmares. They put away the the mask. With, and, yeah, they put away the mask. And we have Helion coming to them to wait is helian coming no helian comes later i thought oh that's right um so this chapter 37 am i too far where am i yeah you're way too far we're on chapter 36 that the mask scene ended at chapter 36 and now we have at chapter 37 which is so they all decided about the the whole mask thing, the inner circle. They're just like, you know what? We're going to put it away for now. They went to go see her, but then she was still in the room with the mask. The mask called to her, right? And they basically start talking to her. And then she's just like, this mask needs to be destroyed. Then she is alone with Cassie and talking with him. And he, she basically tells him like, I got... He says, "Being uh, he says, how did you get the help Kelpie to snare you? That, that's what they're describing, the Kelpie, right? And she's just like, I got nervous when both of you, both of you did not come back. And so she went to go find him. 
And he, they, Cassian's like, we've only been gone 30 minutes. And he's like, we wouldn't have left you. And she's like, I wasn't afraid of being left. I was afraid of both of you were dead. And the fact that she kept saying both of you, both of you, it like really meant something to Cassian. And so then they end up, she ends up retelling the whole moment of like the Kelpie and what he said to her and everything of how like, the mask came to her and everything. And then Cassian ends up saying like, all right, she needs rest. Lady Death needs rest. And he kind of breaks the ice a little bit. And I love him for that. So and she's like, that's not funny. And he's like, it kind of is. Like, it kind of is. It's kind of cute, you know? It is. So we have uh, Nesta resting and she ends up deciding to take a bath. Cassian ends up coming in with a tray of food. And well, I think it's important in the bath, she's finally overcome her aversion to baths. So yeah. we, she talks about it and she talks about how um, even like she doesn't even she doesn't even think about the cauldron anymore when she's talking about it. She thinks about the sunrise, the sun that she can see. And it's finally she has this little piece of her life back is she's able to take a bath, which I think is monumental for her because we all saw how taking a bath. How it traumatized her and how like it's like she she had been making steps to get there to taking a bath even before Akasif. Like in at the end of like A Court of Frost and Starlight, she was able to finally get into the bath. She talks about the struggle that it was to get there. And here she was able to actually enjoy taking a bath, like using the soap, the lavender, the scents and everything in the oils. She was actually able to embrace that bath. And that was just like a huge healing point. And then she's all beat up. Okay, let's picture that. Then here comes Cassian bringing her food because he knows that his girl does not like eating dinner in front of everybody when she's not feeling, when she's tired, when she's not up for it. So he brought her dinner and he stops in his tracks. Uh, I, you, um, uh, well, I brought you dinner and yeah, I just thought you might want to have it here. And she just like looks at him and he's just like well I'll just I'll just I'll just put it here and he's just so flustered and the fact that she sees him flustered just like makes her like smile and she's just like he's just like all right um bye and she's just like do you want to get in I was like girl you know what you're doing you know what you're doing and then he's just like you're hurt and I was just like Cassian baby She she likes the pain he does like the main, but the fact that he was just like, I want to, but you're hurt and you're, and she, and she tries to be like, do I look injured to she you? She stands, she gets out of the bathtub and like fully shows herself. And she's like, do I look hurt to you? And he's like, yes. yes. <laughs> well, well he, yes. he goes, yes. Like question mark. <laughs> yes. And she's like, oh, it looks, it looks worse than it feels. Right. Yeah. And then um her body just seemed to like call out to him and want him and he ends up like actually like opening up and he's just like I thought you were dead today and she says I thought you were too and he kind of cracks a joke trying to be funny and he's like well you would you must have been happy and she's like it did not make me happy Mm -hmm. and 
he knew that he was holding himself back from looking down and touching her wet body. I'm talking about she's just out of the water. And he asks her, like, does she want this? And she goes, yes. And then she has to do the dumb bitch moment. And she goes, just sex. Just sex. And Cassian, like. He's taken aback. He's he's just like, like, right. It's just sex. Like, no, it's not just sex. And she's, she's like, there can be nothing more than sex, Cassian. And he literally tells him, then I'll take whatever you offer me. And I'll take you however you wish me to. Oh, first of all, damn, that was sexy. But second of all, baby, you deserve more. Wait, wait, wait. Like, no. Listen to this. Listen to this. She said, and if I wish to take you, and he smiled against, he smiled against her ear, then I'll beg you to ride me into oblivion. Mm. And we get the whole scene of them finally finally doing it and the way that they talk to each other the communication the communication (sighs) do what you want and he says that doesn't sound very exciting do what you want the way you sometimes look at me makes me think such filthy things nesta do them do them all and he just plays with her and he says, do you want me to suck? Do you want to suck me again? Do you want me down your throat? Okay, I don't know if we need to go that graphic. Girl, girl, let me tell you what these lines do to me. These lines had me going back and rereading them and just imagining Cassian whispering it into my ear. <sighs> Okay, but honorable mention when she goes, I want you deeper. Ah! Girl, wants him to hit it from the back. And you're just like, because ah! you know every girl wants to do that. Every Everybody wants that. And well, not everybody. I'm just saying, like, I do, especially from Cassian. Um, Me too. Me too. <laughs> I find that a very vulnerable position, but it just. And then he says, where is it? 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 Fuck, 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 fuck. Dude, you're missing all the, the good parts. You skipped ahead a little bit. Uh, but okay. We need to, we need to continue on. No, 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 no. This important is part. This part is very important. Okay. He says, how do you want it? And she says, hard. And he says, thank the mother. And goes to town, right? And then he, she, she ends up telling him like more. And he's like, I'll hurt you. Like, that's too much. She's like, I don't care. And he's like, I do. And then like, she tells him to look at her. When, I, when you lock eyes, yummy, okay? Yummy, okay. Then when they finally do the whole like, turn around thing where is it that he says it you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about i've made a mess of you oh it's not that hard is it oh it's not here damn it it's not here but fine 
he does end up making a mess of her. And I just got to say that this is very um, new to like, you know, this is definitely adult, right? But um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't like that he just right there. But then you also got to remember, ain't no condoms here. There's other ways of contraception. She's, she's on um, a contraceptive. She takes yeah. a monthly contraceptive. And there are contraceptives for males too, but there's just like, you know, where's it going to go? It's not going to go. And also she's infertile. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a, like, she's in, like, can't she not have kids? No. Then why why did, why did, you remember what happens at the end with Feyre? Then why did she do that? For the same reason that Vera was was gonna die. <laughs> For our listeners, you'll get there when we get to that talk. That's I didn't understand moving that forward. part. Okay, moving sorry. Forward. Moving forward. I don't know what you were talking about, girl. But moving forward. <sighs> I've made a mess of you. I like it. I shouldn't enjoy seeing that so much. Seeing what? You covered in me. Damn, boy. Like, you just know what to say. It's just, I'm beyond lies right now, Nesta. And then he just gets up, gets his clothes on, and is heading out. Just sex, right? And that's why it's a dumb bitch moment. Because it's just like, y'all both know that y'all wanted to stay and cuddle. You you wanted to stay and cuddle. And she says this, she says this, she goes, okay, first, before we get into the dumb bitch moment, spicy rating, how hot? How hot oh. is Oh, this is like a 10 out of 10. Agreed. Okay, 10 out of 10. Agreed. 10 uh, out of 10. But literally, she... She was- said... She'd just, she just she she said just sex, but had thought that it might at least come with some cuddling, a few minutes to enjoy the feel of his body against her before pride made her order him to leave. And I feel like that's like a kind of like a moment where he realized too that like fine if that's all she's gonna want, I'm not gonna wait for her to tell me to go. I'm gonna leave first. And he, they know that it's a battle of pride between the two of them. Mm-hmm. He would have kicked him out had he wanted to stay. Yeah. He yeah. was not going to let her do that. Yeah. And, bitch and so we see literally the next page. Emery knew it happened. And she's like, you took him to your bed, didn't you? And they're like talking about it while Cassian is there. And Cassian knows they're talking about it too. And he like, he like. <laughs> Cassian, like. He he knew they were talking about it too. He knew they were talking about he knew it. They were talking about it. We have Gwen asking about it too. Like, how was it? Yeah. Was it good? Was it? And you know, you know, as girls do, we gossip a little bit. We talk about it, you know. And Gwen, Gwen being the one to ask if it was good was just like important because it's just like you know she. It was Emery. I thought. No, Gwen is the one who says, "Was it good." No, you. Oh, oh, was it good? I thought she asked if it was um, 
if they had it. Yeah. And Gwen yeah. was one who asked if it was good. And we see her starting to be more interested because she has gotten into the books. They've started like sharing books together. And she remember when she read the first book, she came back and she was just like, This is more graphic than I thought it would be. But it's like one of their like more subtle books. It's one of their soft core, you know, soft uh, soft babies but like this this is kind of showing her that she's interested in something with a like a relationship like kind of like having that emotion she's like me wanting that emotional connection when there's any relationship you know everybody else is shipping Nessie and you know they're just being too stupid about it and uh Cassian ends up cutting her off before Nesta could even answer that and he makes them train really hard that day. Really hard. And like they look at each other and they blush. And, you know, he's just, they're lost in, into each other. But, you know, they kind of still work on it. And then we have like the first introduction of mind stealing. Yeah. How the Valkyries start training and start like decide. Because Gwen is the one researching this. She's the one that's more interested in it. With Meryl. Yeah. And she ends up starting to teach the girls about it. And so they end up doing mind stealing. And it's basically like a kind of like a form of meditation. And, um, you know, I saw some people kind of getting upset that like Sarah Jamas was using meditation. But at the same time, it's kind of like. It's a common technique for like anxiety for meditation is. It's not categorized to a specific culture to a specific type of people like many people use it many people it doesn't have to be a religious thing it you can you can meditate in a religious way yes um but to solely make it a religious thing does hinder a lot of the uses that people use meditation because a lot of therapists say like use meditation to help with anxiety and stuff and like breathing techniques and stuff um and it and for it to be something that is solely classified as like only used in like um like a certain ways that you can't use or mention anything conforming to meditation in a book is kind of limiting and um kind of saying that people who use meditation or or some type some form of breathing techniques or like mind stilling is like invalid because it's just like well, what's wrong with me learning how to control my breath and learning how to clear my mind? It doesn't have to be meditation. There are so many other people, other different cultures who use meditation as more than just what you kind of think of. Yeah. When you think of like, you know, generic people, when they think of meditation, they think of like Eastern cultures and it's just like, but that's not all it is. And so- um and so we we see in this like fi- this end of the chapter 38 we see him starting to train her with a sword and we see we saw the sneak peek spoiler and it's on page 402 and i'll read it i'll read it again because it's very it's an important thing i think to happen to nesta and for this new this new val the new valkyries to live by is never again never again would she be weak Never again would she be at someone's mercy. Never again would she fail. Never again, never again, never again. And then the last words in the chapter was never again. Yeah. 
this is the first time that she's using a sword and Cassian's showing her how to do it. And she has this sense of power and feeling while she's swinging the sword. And these thoughts are running through her head. And when she finally finishes her last swing, she looks up and all of the other females who have come to train with her, like now it's not only Gwen and Emery, but it's also like Rosalind and a few other priestesses. They come and look at her and no fear shown in their eyes as if they too saw what Cassian did, as if they too heard those words in Nesta's head, never again. They too felt and, it. And she, and she, after this, after she finally has that first practice with Cassian, she goes and does 6,000 of the steps mm -hmm. um, on the staircase. And then she, but she doesn't, she doesn't push. She goes 6,000 and then she goes, well, technically she goes 12,000 steps, then she goes down and then back up. Um, and so we see them now these couple of days starting to train together and starting to, even in the rain, they continued to dedicate themselves to training. And they, one of my, one of these quotes that I wanted to, I, I wrote as my, like, uh, my, quote on my goodreads or my instagram review of the book for my instagram photo is i am the it's it's what gwen um gwen says now we're going to work on focus and breathing in through the nose out through the mouth it's the meditation do 10 of them then start over if a thought pops up acknowledge it then send it send it on its way tell yourself I am the rock against which the surface crashes. Your thoughts are the surf. Let them crash over you. And I think this is just is an important moment that allowing Nesta to admit to herself what she has done in the past, but to let it go. To mm -hmm. finally, yes, she did this, but she's a new person now. She's finally letting go of that. Letting go of all the things that are holding her back and have been weighing her down to finally release that. Yeah. And that is what, like, I, I haven't seen any of this, like, meditation that people are saying, like, they didn't like, um, I don't know who you saw that from. But this is, like, a common practice in therapy. And especially I... I went to therapy for depression and anxiety and stuff. And so this was a common thing is like acknowledge it, but let it flow through you and let it pass over you and continue going. Don't keep looking at it. Let it go. Have you um, seen the wave technique? It's kind of like the same process. So basically um, it's when you start feeling like an anxiety attack is coming. Oh you you draw it in the air like a little wave and you, you draw the wave coming down around and away um I'll draw it on our Instagram stories when this episode airs so you guys kind of know we always I'm say doing. that we never do that. I am I am gonna do it I promise I promise um and it's basically like you acknowledge the thought the thought has come and you're letting the thought go um away i'm not saying it right it's just like you have the thought you acknowledge the thought and now you're letting it drift away as yeah. little and, and like drawing it over and over as it goes and it's just that same idea of acknowledging the thought is there you're not 
trying to avoid it. You're not trying to just hide it. You acknowledge that it's there, but that it's not going to stay. Let it go. Yeah. Um, one of the, like the last line in this chapter is Nesta did. And for the first time in her life, she felt utterly settled into her own skin. For the first time in her life, she was able to relax. And this is an important turning point for her, I think, is this meditation and introducing this Valkyrie way of meditating. And we see whenever Nesta gets mad and stuff, she starts using these techniques. And that is a common thing for people to do in like in our world to use meditation techniques for when they do get anxiety, when they do get angry. Like these are common practices that happen. And I think it's a, it's an interesting thing that she put in the story um, to make it relatable. And it's very simple. It's yeah. simple. And it's just something that everybody can kind of tie into. Yeah. Moving forward, because of this training, Cassian ends up taking her to the blacksmith and she ends up trying to hammer out a couple of the blades. And we see that end up coming to bite everybody in the ass later on. Not so much in the ass, but it just ends up coming back later on. Um, then we end up getting to um, Helian popping up. And Helian comes because... Uh he i don't even remember why he came honestly he comes because they wanted to see if he could create a spell oh to lock the mask away and also to help with pharaoh's issues and let's just say like the fact that he comes in riding pegasus that man is a total show off but that i love him i love him the fan art of him i just I have never, I, I just want to up his abs. Like, like, I just want a lick. (laughs) He's so beautiful. He's something. I don't know. He reeks arrogance. He reeks confidence. He. Cassian has never like, Cassian or Asriel has ever taken him up on his offer. I mean, I would. Asriel would. I think Asriel would too. But uh, that whole How do we know he hasn't? I think Helian wouldn't be able to keep it to himself. I don't know. Asriel, the prettiest of the three. Asriel's the prettiest of the three. Helian would not keep it to himself. You don't think so? You don't think he's capable of keeping it to himself? Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's kind of like that showboat and be like, well, no, I don't believe that he would. Maybe he, he wouldn't. He would keep it to himself to show up people like me who would yeah. think probably so we end up seeing helian come right and he ends up showboating and everything and you know doing his thing and they end up bringing him over to um nesta well they 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 have the autumn court uh soldiers there and helian tries to heal them but he can't really because it's like a, a mist is in their brain and so he says i really can't do anything and then he goes to show nesta how to put spells off and as they're walking there cassian is daydream and he's thinking back to their little interaction and himself all over nesta and helian goes what are you thinking about and cassian didn't realize that his thoughts had made it so far that his scent changed and he says, your mother. 
he's just like, I always forgot how much I like you. And it was just like a cute little banter moment between them. And and then Helian ends up coming in. And let's just say this, Helian, like, Helian is gorgeous, right? And he cannot wait to come and see Nesta. He, all the men hitting on Nesta in this book. Just, I'm going to post that, that, that. The meme? Yeah, that meme too. Um, he goes, oh, let, Lady Nesta. And she goes like, Lady. Oh, he's just being polite. Now I understand why you find the title grading, she says to Cassian. <laughs> he smiles and... Cassian like uh, Helian like blinks and he's just like dude like she's not paying attention to me and then she's just like was that your winged horse that flew over she's like yeah he's one of my finest oh he he's lovely as are you and then she just like looks at him tilts her head and Cassian is waiting to see what she says like he's just like fuck what she's gonna say and Reese and Fabra are like trying not to laugh. Asriel acting at, so bored. And she just goes, shifts on his feet. And then she says, I appreciate the compliment. And she, that's all she says to him. She doesn't compliment him back or anything. And he's just like, What? <laughs> that's it? <laughs> so like, he frowned slightly. He's just like, <laughs> Reese is just like mm, okay let's move on and so then like later on like as Helen is helping uh is doing the spell with Nesta like Cassian is just like looking and just like he's just like trying to keep himself together right um because like he drew Nesta's blood and that's just like something primal in him about her blood being spilt was just like awakening something in him <laughs> Feyre comes up to him and she's like, are you What's jealous wrong with you? <laughs> She's like, what? what the fuck is wrong with you? Why? Are you jealous of, of him? And he's like, of, he's like, what? Alien. What? Nah. And then she's just like, I don't see anyone else in this room who's currently holding my sister's hand and smiling at her. He's like, why would I be jealous? What? what why? What? I, don't, I don't get a reason. Like, boy, come on. Come on. And Feyre knows. And it's so funny because like Feyre called this as soon as they locked on to eyes to each other back in Akamath. She called it, she knew it was gonna happen. Even to the point where Reese had not seen it as quickly as Feyre did. She ships it, she ships it. Yeah. Okay. And so then um, we're going on and like Nesta does not want to have the key to unlocking this spell. spell. She does not want to know how to do it. And so that just shows like, she does not want to hold on to this power. She does not want to have more power than she already has. She wants less power if possible. She does not want her power at all. It's too much for her. It's too much for her to control. And then to have access to the mask because it called to her because, and I feel like that's a sort of strength that not many people have is like knowing something has that addictive quality to it that you can get sucked into it so easily, but being able to deny it, being able to put yourself on check and say, no, I can't go down that path. Because I feel like had she not had that self-control to do that, then we would have seen Nesta turn. And because she was able to keep herself in check, it just shows how much strength she has. 
Um, but yeah, do you want uh, to the next part? Yeah, so we kind of, we're going to kind of skip through because a lot of it is, there is a lot of fluff in here. Um, but it's good fluff. But um, the next thing I kind of wanted to hit on was now we see Nesta, Cassian, the guy the um, from the, uh, what is it? The weapons uh, forger. Uh, he comes, Black blacksmith, the blacksmith. He comes and he he's like, take these, take the objects that Nesta hammered away. He's like, I don't want these. They are cursed. And Cassian, Reese, and Azrael are all, and Amron are all confused until they realize Nesta, while she was hitting away, she imbued the sword and dagger with her magic of the cauldron. She made her own trove. She created a new trove, new items for the trove of what? We skipped a scene. What scene? 432. I don't have that in my notes. What is that? <laughs> Start talking. If, um, <clears throat> um, after the whole thing with Helion, um, she comes to him and she sees that she's reading a smutty book and then he comes to her to bring her books to read and he brings her like more war manuscripts and then um he forces himself to leave and then that's when she asks him yep yep that's when she asks him um not good for you and he like turns around and he's just like what He's just like, yeah. She's like, what's was the sex not good for you? Why would you ask that? And then like, she's just like, fuck, is she really that unsure of him? And she's like, well, you left so quickly. And he goes, I left because you, you, I needed to keep some of myself intact. I needed to keep like myself together and giving it over to you. He's just like, well, you've been focused on training. And then she's just like, okay, well, good night then. And then she's like, I didn't mean it like that. Fuck. And then they can't have that this talk to each other. And then she's like, it's a, it's not a demand if both sides want it. And I just worried you didn't enjoy it as much as I did. And he literally goes down and says, you think I didn't enjoy it? I enjoyed myself too much. I've thought about it for days and days. And then he comes over to her and he says, have you been touching yourself at night thinking about it like I do? fuck yes and then he says have those sweet little fingers felt as good as mine well sir and they're just like you know what we're gonna have a side-by-side -side comparison and she basically starts touching they basically touch themselves in front of each other but they can't touch each other well she cannot touch himself and yeah. i gotta say that that hot hot and then finally gives in and he says that one thing again um i don't want to hurt you you won't hurt me i want you unleashed and i was like yes oh my gosh and then she basically the communication between the two is what really makes it hot for me yeah oh my gosh it was just wow and then finally, we have everything else, right? 
and he can she can only think of him and he can only think of her and then after they're done they're just laying there right next to each other and she says i need more and they go at it again and then finally he says this beautiful line put your hands on the headboard i burst and then he said hold on tight fuck This man knows what he's doing. God. Knows exactly what to do. Damn. And the fact that he's confident in it too. Ooh. Shivers down my spine. <laughs> oh okay, moving forward. And then this is when the next scene happens when he's called to um, the river house. And this is where they finally learn that Nesta has imbued her magic of the cauldron into a sword and a dagger and basically has created new trove items. Yes. Um, and we have them discussing on whether or not they want to tell Nesta. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of like shitty. Like they needed to to let her know because who knows what else she would have created without her knowing and do like the guilt that she would have carried had yeah. she she would have made something and it would have damaged other people hurt other people like, like that's the thing that i don't think that the inner circle was had yet realized is that what really fucks her up is the guilt yeah and and one of the things i noticed with the inner circle is they don't like to tell each other anything they don't like to they they deem something like oh this is gonna hurt them and so they don't want to tell them and we see it with what's happening with Feyre and her baby, we see it happening with her where they don't tell her. And that is a little, I, that, I find it wrong. We had a whole conversation. We'll have a conversation at the end of the book at the, in the next episode about that. Um, when it's finally, um, when we decide to talk about that, cause I don't think we'll make it through all of our notes today. Um, I think we're going to end up wrapping. Yeah. After we talk about this magical trove, we'll, um, like literally that's something that the sisters so far both of the sisters because we don't know about elaine yet that they both have had this thing of like you need to be open with us you need to tell us things and that's the thing that cassian and reese and the rest of the inner circle don't understand like they're very protective of each other to the point where like they know that everyone has suffered and they want to save each other from more suffering but that entails into hurting people more and it's just like you need to be able to talk to people and to be able to have open conversations with people if you're not willing to be open enough with them then you're not willing enough to trust them to heal and to move forward and to be able capable of moving forward and dealing with shit and that's what they're not letting her do and it was it literally pissed me off to the point where it was just like, dude, you guys are fucking up. You're making a mistake. You're making a mistake here. And even Fair was like, you need to tell her. Like, Fair was like, I would want to know. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, it was Feyre and Cassian and who else sided on Nesta's side? It was, um, uh, Feyre uh, and Cassian. I think. I think it was Asriel who wanted to tell her too. And then it was Reese and Amran against them. Actually, um, or the other way around. I think Reese actually agreed. I thought Reese didn't want to tell her. I can't remember, but continue while I look for it. Um, I th- like the fact that this is I this is like a constant struggle that the inner circle has is trusting other people, 
And that's where I think their downfall becomes is they don't like they don't like to go out of their circle. They don't like to go out and trust other people. And we see this with Nesta is they they don't want to change their perception of her yet. And they don't, they're not willing to see that she has changed and stuff. They're willing to continue to have this sort of control over her. And in a subtle way, having this knowledge has a little bit of control over her. It's because she does not know this is happening. And they are holding it. They're withholding this information from her. and. Cassian and Asriel are going to be the ones who are going to be with her every single day and they have to live they have to look at her every single day with this information and of course it's going to harm her if she finds out that they didn't tell her because I always see honesty is the best policy I would be more mad if you didn't tell me than the actual thing that you told me yeah because it's just in the end it's just like you it's it comes down to trust you don't trust me enough to be able to make proper decisions you don't trust me enough to to be responsible with my actions you don't trust me to be able to handle this information well that's what it comes down to and you lying to me disrupts my trust you lying and telling me or negating to telling me something fucks up my trust and it's just like they both, they all do this with each other. And that's the one thing that I hate about the inner circle is that they're so protective of each other that they're blindly protecting each other. They blindly protect each other and they're willing to harm other people in the process to protect each other, which I think is why Nesta doesn't really want, that's why Nesta didn't want to be friends with them. That's because she felt like an outsider all the time because the inner circle was not willing to accept her. The inner circle was not willing to accept her. And that's why she struggled. That's why she needed to find her own people. Really did. Um, this ends up leading into like how Beira doesn't know about so many other things and how like they, they like to with like Reese withheld information from Beira before that they were mates. He knew it and he withheld it. Like it's this constant thing that they all know something, but they continue to with- withheld it because they have this superiority complex that they're the ones who should know it and you shouldn't. Because they have like I know there's a hierarchy like, yes, Reese is the high lord, but when it comes to something that involves you, you have the right to know. Sorry, I'm getting so heated about this. <laughs> I know, I know. I just uh, so much inner circle slander. I'm so sorry to people who like inner circle. It, it, it's just like, like you do like the inner circle, but then you realize that inner circle is not perfect. They all fucked up. They all have this thing. Like, But of course you can't have like something super perfect because then- then where will we be? Why write a book about them? They have to have these faults. They have to have these things that make us question, are they actually good? Are they actually good people? And that's what makes it kind of like a good dynamic because then you have to wonder, you can't be completely in love with them without calling out what they do. What, we, what- we wouldn't like them as much if they didn't have problems. That That's the thing is like, a lot of people like to criticize like what the characters do like, and like especially when it comes to the inner circle they like to like they they like there's a lot of inner circle hate but like you realize like these characters the way they're written you wouldn't like them and you wouldn't be talking about them and there would be no drive in the plot if they didn't do something bad if they didn't do something questionable it drives the plot forward and i think a lot of people forget that that like this is how you drive the plot forward but this also allows for them for us to see their character arc and their in the inner circles like arc like the inner circle has they've gone up but they've gone down and they've gone back up and then they've gone down. Like we've, we're tr- trying to see their story. We're, we still have multiple books coming up too to redeem them. 
And I feel like that one of the times that they end up doing this, this thing of trying to protect each other and not divulging all the information that one of these times it's actually going to blow up in their face. Like this time it did not fully blow up in their face the way that it could have. And so I feel like the next time it's actually going to blow up in their face. And they're also going to be like, we can't do this anymore. And I'm waiting to see if that happens. I really do wish that it happens because I granted they have been all separated for some time. And in the time that they have been separated, they have also had to not tell each other certain, certain things. They haven't been together. They haven't been the inner circle this entire time, you know? And so- For, for like 50 years? They've, yeah, uh, uh, that, that 50 years they weren't there. And then even before that, they were still fresh in coming together and settling into their places. It was still like new, a new inner circle, you know? They're still like a, a baby republic in a sense. Yeah, they're still learning and they have room to grow, but they're not going to be perfect. In many sense yeah. of, of say, they're very young. They're, they're not, you know, old rulers who have been there, who, like Baron, who has been High Lord of the Autumn Court for, for years, you know. They're Century, still like centuries. They're, thank you. I don't know. You I say know. that and I'm like, girl, it's centuries, it's hundreds of years. I don't know. But like, you know, like it, it, they are still learning how to rule. They're still learning how to find balance. And like, there are certain lines that they won't cross. Like you literally see the next scene later is like, they're all trying to force Reese to, to become king. And he's like, no, I'm no, not. Yeah. I also think that was an important role where, where you see Reese kind of step up and he's like, I don't need that power. I don't want that power. And I think that's very important for like us to see that Reese doesn't want to be king. He is content with being the high lord of the night court and to keeping his status and keeping his mate and his family there because that would put a lot of pressure on his family. His children would be sought after to be murdered and killed. And like, nobody wants that. And I, Reese is a family man. Reese is a family man. He wants children. He wants- be a family man yeah, he's, he's learning he well, wants to be a family man like he wants to be a dad he wants to he wants that experience um and so i think this is where we're gonna have to end this podcast um we sorry will- we are sorry this has been coming up on three hours i'm very very sorry we didn't even get to where we were hoping to end because two hours, had- not three hours whatever to me it's yeah for another hour but we're fine um we're gonna be ending it here and then we're going to do our third part um which is going to be wrapping up the book including both povs of Feyre and um the face and pov and asriel pov so we have a lot of things to talk about especially in asriel's point of view we have lots of thoughts um i think this is gonna go on for a while tonight um it's, or on Sunday, when this ep- when the next episode goes up, it's going to be a very long episode. Um, that might be going on be three prepared. hours. Yeah, be prepared to Bring, split it up into it in, yeah. in days. Um, but we want to thank you guys for listening into this. And yes. if you guys agree with any of our comments or ideas or thought processes, like make sure you guys drop them in the comments. And if you guys don't, then that's fine. That's your yeah. point of view it's okay don't be afraid to think differently than us um grace and i have lived through different life experiences 
everybody has lived through a different life experience so we all have a different take and different opinions um that being said we are gonna do an overview of like sarah j moss in the book in the next episode so i will be putting up a um things you want us to discuss um on the instagram again and then um the next episode will be going up on sunday so we have the first one that just went up on wednesday this is the halfway point um part two is not halfway but the middle part part two is on friday and then part three will be up on sunday um and then in part three we're gonna let you know who our next guest is on the podcast um so stick out for that episode um do you have anything to ask before we leave um I really don't. I don't think I have a, a question for you guys. I I don't have any questions. I don't have anything else to say. Um, I hope you stick around for the next part. I hope you listen. This is going to be like six hours worth of podcast. Okay, look, under the comments in this one, if you, uh, along with your thoughts or whatever, but why don't you go ahead and comment some books that you guys would like us to break down and yes. have to be long discussions about. Mm-hmm. And we'll pick them up to read. And we'll hopefully put out um, what's to come post for um, other books that we're going to be reading. Because we have a couple of um, books that are coming up that some of them are um, recaps of books we've already read before. A lot of these um, are, are, our books have been not recaps, but books we've actually read for the podcast or just recently. So we will be doing some recaps. Um, we also will be con- including a lot of more um, adult contemporary books or uh, new adult contemporary books, just because that's, I feel like where our direction is kind of going to, I mean, we're both 20 year olds, you know, we're, we're both in our twenties. Oh my God. That's so weird. <gasps> I'm in my twenties. You're in your twenties. Congratulations. You've grown up. Not. So back to- <laughs> <laughs> I've been 20 for like five years. <laughs> a child okay it's fine um but we are going to be uh moving on and so um going forward you guys gotta keep in mind our podcasts are 18 plus um we will have some ya books and i think you can you can tell by the book on the um on the what's it called the the thumbnail you can see if it's a YA book or um we'll we'll most likely say if it's a YA or contemporary this is definitely an 18 plus episode um all three of these episodes will be 18 plus because we do talk about sex vividly (laughs) so I just wanted to thank you yeah uh actually gonna end here (laughs) end here okay I'll see you guys on the part three. Um, that is going to be Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie. So we'll see. Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie is a Twitch streamer. That's why I got it confused. Um, wow. Valkyrie is part three. So we'll see you then. Bye. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back to episode seven. Why are you laughing at me? I can't do this. You were just supposed to keep smiling and go. I'm so sorry. I really am. (laughs) We're putting that blooper at the very end. We're putting that as a blooper. We're putting this as a blooper at the end.